Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. I hear people say many, many times that they wish they could be like the New Testament church. And uh, I, not being trying to be smart aleck, but trying to be a little bit of getting them to think, I say, which ones which ones? Well, if I had two that I would want it to emulate, it would be the church at Antioch and the church at Philippi. Those two churches seem to care, and not that they didn't have issues, they always do, but they were carrying out what God intended the church to do and to be. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and it's our joy to be with you today on Exploring Missions. And and today, Nathan, uh, the title of the teaching is Growing and Going. If a church is really growing the way they should, uh, a product of that is going into all the world to share Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's basically two aspects to um to what a what a church is really about at its core at its essence a church are called out believers of jesus who are gathered together uh to worship and to encourage each other but they're focused on jesus but then also a church uh they're a group of sent out believers on mission for jesus uh, into the world uh, to make disciples of all the nations. So that that two aspects of growing and going or knowing him and making him known or being gathered, but also being scattered and sent, uh, they have to be a part of a uh, New Testament church. And when we're introduced to them in Acts chapter 11, we find out it says that Antioch preaching the word and no one but the Jews only but some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene. And when they had come to Antioch, they spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was on them, and great numbers believed and turned to the Lord. Now, uh, this is really the first church that you find uh, just uh, multicultural. It really is. And when you turn and find out who the leaders were, and where they were from, and by their names, we know that. So it was the power of the Holy Spirit of God taking the Word of God to to the I, I would say to the streets. Quote, you know, and yeah. uh, and like Jesus said, go out and compel them to come in. And so this is the church at Antioch, and I I found it. Uh, if I was wanting to emulate a church, seriously, I've. Antioch and Philippi seems to be those two churches that I'd say, oh, Lord, help me, help us to be more like them. With that in mind, I want to share five principles today, Nathan, and I think it will be good. It's a little different in an outline. It just adds to each time. But you've already alluded to the first uh, comment that I wanted to make. A church is a body of believers, and uh, that's so important. Paul referred to them as a body quite often. Uh, probably more than any other 
uh, illustrative, you know, material that you have, Jesus, uh, Paul was saying the body. And it says, if the hand says it has no need of the eye, you know, where would it be? So we are a body of believers, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And it's interesting that that he uh, Paul uses oftentimes the idea of the human body to uh, represent what the church is about. Um, and I think as readers of the New Testament, we are in our minds supposed to go back and link up that idea of the body that has been created, this new uh, man, this new person. Um, we're supposed to link that up with Genesis 1, that God created uh, man, men and women in his image. And so um, in some um, theological way, I guess you could say, uh, it goes back to God's intention from the very beginning. And and when you look at that body, there's, you know, other, I would say, words that describe the local church. You do have the people call it the universal church. That means that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter where you're from, uh, den- any denomination, and they're saved. They've trusted Jesus as Savior and their Lord. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, but then you have the local, and sometimes it's called assembly. And uh, we have denominations, assembly of God, and others that use that word, and it is an awesome word. It means called out a group of called out believers and uh, we're called out of the world to emulate Christ, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. We are to separate, um, uh, not that we can be out totally out of the world. Uh, we're in the world, but we're to be separate from in character. Um, and that reflects also some of our gatherings, um, that are, um, a little bit more in the sense of we get together as a family. Um, but then there are also gatherings that are, uh, I, I would say, more public in nature. Um, but at the same time, um, we are the ecclesia, the called out ones, the assembly, uh, the group that, that is uh, what we have in common is Jesus, right? It is. And that's where we come. And and matter of fact, what you use the word, what we have in common, uh, the early church in the book of Jerusalem, uh, Church of Jerusalem, it was talking about that, having all things common, a community. It's a community of believers sharing. It's not forced sharing. It's not communism. It's a community with voluntary sharing of their lives, of their uh, of their uh, goods that they have, and, and their talents. So we're a community of believers. We're, and so those talk about the body and how we're to work together. So we're a body of believers working together, and they have leaders. That's the second point. Uh, every everybody, <laughs> uh, and I'm talking about the body, has to have a head, you know? And Christ is the head of the body. Who's the head of the church? Now, it's not, it's not the pastor. He may be uh, important, and he, the Bible calls him an under-shepherd, but he's not the shepherd. Only God can fill that position, isn't he? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and what's awesome about uh, the church is that the New Testament teaches every believer uh, is on equal footing with access to God. And we do not have to go through a priest or a pastor or a human mediator uh, other than Jesus Christ, who is the mediator uh, between God and man. And so 
whether uh, a person has a position of leadership in the church as a pastor or uh, or other um, function, or you know we're just a ordinary average uh, Joe or Jane church member. Uh, we have the same access to to the Lord uh, as anyone else. And that that is amazing. But in that, he gifts us with certain gifts, and some of those gifts are gifts in leadership. Uh, Paul, on his missionary journeys, he would ordain elders uh, in every place. Before he left, he would uh, seek out and, I think, determine who would be a leader of that group of people, and he would uh, I'm going to use the word ordained, whether it was like the way we ordain now or not, I don't know. Uh, but they're still, they were ordained, they were called, and they became the leaders. And uh, Paul would communicate with them, even at the church at Philippi, which is a good church. Uh, he talked to the, he, he wrote the letter to those that were bishops and deacons. Uh, Paul, uh, Peter in his writing would talk about elders. Matter of fact, Nathan, in First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11 it gives us a little bit about the leadership and who they are and what they do. Would you mind reading 1 Peter 4, 10 uh, and verse 11? All right. 1 Peter chapter 4, 10 and 11. It says, Based on the gift they have received, everyone should use it to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, his speech should be like the oracles of God. If anyone serves, his service should be from the strength God provides, so that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now, the key word comes toward the end, <laughs> and that is God would be glorified. Jesus would be glorified. And through Christ Jesus, that's that's the whole idea uh, I think I've mentioned this even on this uh, radio program before. I've gone to churches to supply and the pastor not be there, and I've found a note. This happened three or four times, and it said, uh, Sir, make much of Jesus. And and that is the whole idea in our lives. And notice all the things it says. Each one has received a gift. Now, Nathan, you've already referred to that, that each person uh, has been gifted of God to carry out the ministry. But a lot of times it takes a leader to organize those people with using their gifts at the right places in the right time, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to uh, use whatever gifts that God has given us uh, to uh, grow in those, uh, to work together, uh, because not one person has all the gift, all the giftings and we cannot uh, do it by ourselves. Uh, but it is important to have a leader um, who uh, will just do what it, what a leader does, which is actually serve. And so we want people to grow in their service um, and through their service, grow in their leadership. Um, and, and really, that's how God uh, multiplies uh, the church and multiplies disciples and the kingdom of God expands and grows. Uh, through healthy, strong churches, disciples, and leaders. Uh, and when you say that, let me just share this. As a pastor, I've always preached from the pulpit, but then I was a leader of a staff. I was a leader of the deacon body, uh, different things. And each one of those, uh, you can disciple with a great number, 
But then it's got to be backed up, I, I would say, in smaller groups, even serving. Like I, I would say like those that cook in the kitchen, and you have someone who's a leader there, but then you have those that come and say, I'd like to do this, and they're able to disciple them. Now, I know that's just feeding, but it's that way in, I, w- I would say, in evangelism, and it's that way in missions. When we've, you and I have both gone on mission trips, and when it is, we have a leader that's helping us, and uh, many times they would ask different ones, now, what do you do? What what can you do best? And we had men that were carpenters. We had some men that were electricians. And while they were there on this mission field, different ones was using their gifts to help the needs of the people who were there to bring glory to the Lord. Uh, it, it's a beautiful thing when it works right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, you first referred to about how uh, not every uh part of the body is the same. You know, you don't have um, everyone being an arm or, or a leg. You have all the different parts uh, to make a healthy body. Um, it's varied, various. Even in this passage in First Peter chapter 4 that reflects the multicolored or multifaceted grace of God, the various um, gifts, paint a beautiful picture of what the body of Christ uh, should be and when it's functioning well, then um, then God's mission can be carried out in a uh, in a healthy and a in a strong way. So they're to do their jobs. That's the third point that I wanted to make. And great introduction to it: a body of believers with leaders doing their job. Now, when I say their job, it's not just referring to the leaders; it's the body doing their job. Now, listen to this, and it's in Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. In verse 1, it talks about the people, the prophets and teachers, the leaders that were there in Antioch. But verse 2 says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. As they ministered to the Lord, they were in their position of service. And you've already referred to that as well. We're servants. Leadership is a servant ministry. Preaching is a servant ministry. If you ever get out of the servant mode, uh, you have gone in an area that you should not be in. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. Look how great a teacher he was. Look what a, a servant he was, healing, ministering, doing all of that. But he always did it as a servant. So ministering to the Lord, they were worshiping. They were serving one another and others, and they were sharing in the ministry. Those three important parts of a church on mission for God, it, they worship together. Now, Nathan, uh, I've as what I do now, and not at one church all the time, where I was at one church for uh, 28 years as pastor, you kind of get uh, in a mode there. But since then, and being here at AFA, and AFR, I've been in many dozens of churches. And let me just say uh, how they worship, uh, some of them pretty high up, some very loose, and, uh, you know, some sing the hymns, some are geared toward more of the praise songs, some mix it up. There's all kinds of things. Uh, So when we say worship, we're not putting a, uh, I would say, a formula to it. It's, It's just honoring God. Uh, worship him. He's worth our worship, isn't he? Absolutely. It's not about um, at least all of the way. It is about our the attitude and the posture of our hearts, uh, but it's not necessarily about the external 
uh, forms that our worship takes. It's about who we are worshiping, who our focus is on, and who is being lifted up and glorified. And um, we can worship uh, as a as a gathered uh, body of believers. Uh, but then our worship is also can be personal, and uh, as we live our lives day to day through our work, through our witness, our walk with the Lord, um, everything um, can be focused on Jesus to bring praise and glory to His name as an act of worship. And, and it does; it hinges on that worship because out of worship, if you really worship the Lord, you're serving. That they go hand in hand. I'm serving Him. I'm sharing in in the blessings that God has given us. To whom much is given, much is required. And so here they were. It says they were ministering and fasted to the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, and so this is a part of what they were doing and what they were sharing together. So they each person doing the job that God had for them to do. Now I want to say this before we go to point number four. Uh, a lot of those jobs are not in the walls of the church. Uh, they're out there because Jesus said they'll see your good works and glorify our fathers in heaven. Uh, the world's not necessarily looking inside the walls of the church, are they? No. Um, in fact, in in America, in Western uh, society, um, probably other places around the world, um, there's a lack of curiosity when it comes to uh, what we do when we gather together as believers. Uh, unfortunately, um, most of the world is not interested in that. Um, what they do have an interest in and what they do see and want to see is how our lives might be different in the day-to-day, the, the Monday through Saturday, if you will, uh, while we're on the job, while we're at school, uh, as, a, as a neighbor uh, in our neighborhoods. Um, how do our lives reflect God's glory and proclaim the name of Jesus uh, simply by the way we walk and talk and live and interact with people. And that's where uh, our good works can come in to glorify God. Uh, Very few people are interested in in the songs that we sing when we gather together, even the sermons that are preached. Um, Our sermons that we preach and the songs that we sing are, are through our lives in the day to day. Amen. That I can't help but say it. It's a cliche. I'd rather see a sermon is hear one any day. And uh, so live it out. So here it is, the fourth one. A body of believers, that's first, with leaders, that's second. Doing their jobs, that third. Listening to the Lord. Now, this is so important. Listen to, again, this is the church at Antioch, and they're growing and going. It means that they're not just sitting on their laurels. They're not just making it out. They are doing God's will. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said. Now, what he said was, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. He's calling them out. Again, this is missional. This is purposeful. But they're listening to the Lord. Uh, Nathan, I'm, you know, I, I believe in having alone time. I believe a lot of times I know some people that, uh, pastors that I know, they'll take a week off at the beginning of the year some way and go and spend it in Bible study and looking and map out the whole year of the sermons, and, and that is good. But I, I just want to tell you, you need to be listening to the Lord, not just one time a year, but all year long. And notice the word that is said in verse 2, now separate me. 
when did this happen? After they were serving one another, after they were sharing with one another, after they was giving of themselves, then the Holy Spirit said, now separate me them. So you better be listening to the Lord. He may interrupt your plans, mightn't he? Yeah, that's happened many times. There's several times I've uh, been in the middle of my quiet time with the Lord and God interrupts that, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, listening to the Lord. Honestly, it's the primary missional task um, for an individual. And here in, in, as in Acts, as an example uh, of a whole church, of a body, we are to um, live our lives um, in, a, in a posture of listening to the Lord um, in an ongoing conversation with him. Um, but what's, what's, what we've got to realize is even though God is concerned with our lives and, and interested in what we might have to say and what we're going through and our needs, he knows those and he cares for them. But what we really need to understand is that we are the ones who listen to him. We, we should be taking our marching orders from our commander, and uh, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's an example of this on Paul's missionary journey. He was sent out with Barnabas this time. They go on what is called the first missionary journey. But then they come back, give a report, and he takes Silas, and they go on the second missionary journey. And they get to the area of Phrygia and Bithynia where they want to go up north, further into Asia. But the Holy Spirit would not let them. And uh, they tried again, and the Holy Spirit hindered them. And then that night, he had a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here. So the listening not only took place as they were going and being sent, as they had gone and was ministering and serving the Holy Spirit, they needed to listen to him to redirect them. So redirection may happen in missions work. You go somewhere and you have this desire, but when you get there, you see another need. And here it is with Paul in Acts chapter 16. Uh, the Holy Spirit showed him the need that he needed to go and he obeyed him. I, I love that in Acts 16, where Paul was listening, and he obeyed the Holy Spirit, and a wealth of ministry was just waiting on them over there on, on, in Europe, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, you, you know, you said something that is very important. Um, just to live a life on mission is going to require uh, to listen to the Lord for that redirection. Um God gives direction continually, um, and many times we're not listening. But when we are listening, he can redirect our steps, um, whether it's even strategic or whether it's something that we don't even understand in the moment. Uh, and it takes some faith and it takes some boldness and um, relying on him. But that starts with listening. Um, and it's a beautiful thing when a group of people, of a, a local church, is doing that together. Um, unfortunately, I believe it's, it's rare, um, but, you know, the pastor needs to lead, listen to the Lord, but each individual needs to listen to the Lord as he leads us on mission. And I really do believe if you're serving the Lord and in his word, the Holy Spirit of God will lead you. He will speak to you. 
your omission for God right where you are in that Sunday school class you're teaching, that small group, uh, that that service that you're rendering to somewhere at the pregnancy center, uh, at that place, at, at, at the food bank, God is using you on mission for him to carry out his pleasure so he can get the glory. Now, the last thing that I wanted to share, listen to that. We started out with a body of believers, and God appoints leaders. It equips everybody to do their job, listening to the Lord and obeying his command. Uh, Don't be fearful. When God says move out, you move out. Uh, When God says, okay, don't go further north into Asia, uh, but go west, young man, uh, Paul, and go over into Macedonia and minister there. Obeying God's call in our lives. I know some people that I've talked to said God had called me into missions. God had called me to be a a leader, and I just was fearful. Uh, Fear, Satan will use fear to paralyze us, won't he, Nathan? Oh, absolutely. It may be his favorite tool in his toolbox, and um, so many of us have uh, its mark on our lives, Um, and that's not the mark of a follower of Jesus. Um, we should not be marked by fear, but, 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 but by faith, um, and that boldness, um, and, and it's, it's, I I like the order that you have this because, um, we can't obey until we listen, but if we listen, then we're going to obey, uh, because in the listening, when we hear God's call, when we hear God's commands, when we, um, hear his voice, and he says, follow me here or go with me there. Um, that That's going to cast out that fear. You know, that's going to, we're going to be like sheep following the shepherd. And what are we, what are we afraid of when we're near the shepherd? And if we can listen close enough to hear his voice, uh, not only will we know what, where we are to go, we will know that he's with us as we go. And that is part of what the Great Commission said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. What a promise that is. I am with you all through. Wherever you go, I am with you. So the progression is not spo- is, is not broken. Listen, you do have a body of believers. And just let me share with you, if you're one of those people that is sitting out of church because maybe you got hurt sometime, uh, you, you set out during COVID and you haven't gone back, let me share with you part of the mission that God has for your life is to be a part of a body of believers doing the work of God. Now, I know you can do a lot of work outside of that, and I thank God for that. But to be a part of that where you encourage one another, challenge one another, hold each other accountable, that is so important. So here we have it. I want to wrap it up and make sure you get this. Be a part of the body of believers. Be a part. Secondly, God, be ready to serve the Lord. If he's given you a leadership position, be faithful and humble. Do the work, and, and don't do it half-heartedly, but do it wholeheartedly as under the Lord. Listen to the Lord. He may have something to say to you that you need to hear that may uh, change a little bit of things. As you listen to him, he may change direction and he, that you would obey his voice. Well, Nathan... Uh, the local church was God's idea, but we're not just to stay inward. We're to go out into the hedges and highways and compel people to come in. That's what our purpose is. And so we're praying for that, aren't we, Nathan? 
Absolutely. And we want to see what uh, Peter wrote about, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen.